Dingus and Dongus. Hey, Michael. Episode 28. Okay, uh, this is the, the post-plague episode. Taking place during the plague still. Yes. Not the... I didn't have the plague. I had a plague. <laughs> during the plague. Yes, during the plague. Uh, and uh, we're talking about Marvel Knights' 20th anniversary. Written by Donny Cates. Donny Cates again. Yeah. I just can't can't escape from this guy. No. No escape from Donny Cates. No gates from the Cates. <laughs> uh, when, when I uh, added this book to our list i actually didn't even realize it was uh written by donny case it actually had a lot of other writers as well but i think donny was the primary mm-hmm. dude uh, behind the overarching story i rather enjoyed it it's it requires you for it to work to have a pretty solid working knowledge of the characters in the book prior yeah if it's... you don't have that you're it, the book's going to be garbage to you. Yeah, it doesn't... It, it really just kind of jumps into, you know, uh, these characters doing their thing without, you know, uh, giving you really much background about who they really are. Right. Well, and it's sort of this situation where they all basically have amnesia. Which is a very common thing. It, But how... Uh, going to what we just talked about, how are you supposed to know who these characters were prior... If they're still, I guess that could be fun. If they're figuring out who they were prior, right. and you have no clue who they were, but I don't see why you'd be interested in reading that. Well, part of the excitement was like, oh, you're Punisher, and I know exactly who you are, right? But you don't know who you are yet, so this is kind of right. Uh, reading this particular book, I could see that yes, if you have no idea who any of these characters are, you might not really care, right? But me and you, we, we, for the most part, have a working understanding of who the characters are. And some of their storylines and their tie-ins with right. each other, right? So. so it's really neat seeing Frank Castle being a beat cop uh, with a loving wife at home. Yep. And still having this murderous rage. I'm, I don't understand. He's going around trying to collect these other super-powered individuals mm-hmm. so that they can discover what the fuck happened to him. Right. Why does he have to confront every single one with violence? <laughs> like, why can't you just go, hey, man, so there's this thing, and you want to come with me real quick right. so we can talk about this thing? But his nose like, hey, you're a superhero. Punch! <laughs> come with me! I'm going to drag you with me. It's like, just talk to him. Have a conversation. I think it's actually kind of interesting because it, it seems to suggest that uh, that violence is something innate to Frank Castle. Like, even if his past memories was erased, it's just somehow that, that anger is just built into him. It is. And further through the book, he talks, makes a point of that. It's like, I feel this rage. Yeah. I need revenge for something. I don't know what. We know why, mm-hmm. as far as the character. But it's like, okay. So you need revenge for something I don't know about. Right. Okay. So for somebody who doesn't know who the Punisher is, it's just a really mean cop. Yeah. Just a fucking dick. Great portrayal of real life cops. True. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> and let's talk for 12 seconds, exactly, about how fucking ripped Kingpin is. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> dude, that guy is pure muscle. Yeah, he's just a brick. Yeah, on top of a brick. Yeah, and like I really like how he he took down Doom. Yeah, that was fucking cool as shit. He withstood one of Doom's blasts and then just picks him up and throws him off the roof. Yeah, he's like, man, you ruined my shirt. <laughs> Bye. Now, granted, I'm assuming that's a Doom bot. Yeah. Probably not actually Doom. Who knows, though? But, yeah. you know, we, we don't really find out. Right. But it's just the fact that, you know, he took a giant blast from Doom, like, point blank, essentially. Uh, shredded his, you know, nice fancy suit or whatever. Not scratch on him, though. Not really. No, no not maybe a little smoldering. I was going to say, he smudged a little bit yeah. from, like, maybe the clothes burning off, so he's got some ash on right. him, some soot. But no, he's fine. And the interaction between those two is so much fun. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I remember, uh, what, Doom, uh, Doom was, like, belittling Kingpin, saying uh, he's just a Kingpin for this little, little Segment tiny of the city. Yeah. yeah, and Doom is a king. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, that's Doom. Hell yeah. That rules. And then he gets thrown off a building. Right. And then, uh, what? Uh, Kingpin, uh, when, when the, all the other allies are asking him, like, what to do, he, Kingpin says, I don't give orders. I lead. You, you follow. follow. Right. It's yeah. like, dude, that fucking rules. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this guy is going to take care of business, and you're either coming with him. Or fuck off. Or or you fall, I think is what he said. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Or you fall. Which, in my head, means you just kind of trip a little bit. <laughs> when you get back up and keep following. It's like, if you're not following, you must have just tripped. <laughs> King Pimp is actually, like, leaving little trails of, like, just... Banana peels. Yeah, banana peels. <laughs> for people to follow. He's like, watch your step. <laughs> oh, or that. Okay. Yeah, he's not intentionally... Been... Yeah, no, just breadcrumbs so that yeah. they can follow. Yeah, okay. I mean, watch your step. You know, you might, you know, if you step on one of these things, uh, you might trip up a little bit. You know, pick yourself back up. Let's keep going. Standout fella. Yeah. yeah. Kingpin's not so bad. Well, he isn't if you're buddies with him. No. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I don't, honestly don't. I am curious, like, how do these crime lords in these comics, like, take care of their lackeys, like close, close lackeys. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't think. They just kind of do their bidding and then get bitch slapped around when they don't do their bidding properly. Right. I don't ever see like but maybe health they, care. Yeah, do they get like, <laughs> <laughs> like a 401k right. or, you know, maybe just a nice company dinner. I was about to say, yeah, once, once a month they get a. A crime company dinner. Yeah. The a little syndicate pizza lounge. Pizza party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pizza party. I'll take it. Oh, yeah. Well, I want to bring up um, the bad guys, Doom and Kingpin and all the, their little lackeys. Uh, they're worried about the heroes, you know, finding uh, the device. The that erase... forget machine. Yeah. Yeah. And they mentioned a dragon guarding it, right? Yes. Now, when they first mentioned the dragon, I was thinking, oh, okay, so they somehow have Iron Fist guarding it? That's what I thought, too. That's yeah. where my head went. Exactly. Right. Because, you know, we're dealing with a lot of street-level characters yep. and whatnot. Uh, but, turns out, it was fucking Sentry. Yeah, I don't... How is he a golden dragon? I don't understand the correlation. Uh, I think he's, like, 
sometimes called the Golden Guardian or something. Okay. Uh, but he's supposed to be one of, if not the most powerful character in Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they got the dragon, though. I don't either. But I was really excited to see him because Sentry fucking rules, in my in my opinion. He He kind of sucked in this book, though. He didn't do much. No. no. He got tackled through a wall by Hulk. Yep. It was uh, a uh, letdown. Yeah, it was a letdown. <laughs> Granted, we kind of we've seen Sentry versus Hulk in uh, uh, World War Hulk. Yes. Yeah. But you know, I, I wouldn't have minded a little more of that. But it was interesting uh, seeing uh, Sentry being used, and which also explained the memory erasing machine, which right. is Sentry's machine that he used to uh, erase himself from everybody's uh memory was to save the world yeah and that's one thing uh i guess maybe i I glossed over it what's the reason why they erase the hero's memory well they it was almost like a byproduct of them erasing the bad guy's memories in order to do that you also had to erase the superheroes and they kind of hinted at saying these super bad people exist because superheroes exist. Oh, right, right, As right. a counterpoint. Right. So get rid of the the uh, memories or whatever of the bad folks, mm-hmm. and then you also have to do, at that point, the good guys. Right. Which then brings up the question, how the hell did uh, Doom and Kingpin get their memories back so fast? I don't know. That was kind of uh, spotty throughout the whole thing, at how certain characters got parts of their memory back, mm-hmm. got all of their memory back, they never really explained that jump right. from for forgetfulness to knowledge. Right. Because we have Bruce Banner, who's getting uh, information fed to him, basically. Right. But then throughout the book, there's chunks where Daredevil's getting glimpses back. Mm-hmm. And then even more quickly, we find in the last couple issues... Black Panther, T'Challa, oh, yeah. like, gets it almost instantly. Well, I think with Black Panther, uh, T'Challa is able to do that because he has that ancestral... Fair. Yeah. Like, mystical stuff yeah. built into to his character. He's like, right. you're Black Panther. Yeah. Look at all these Panthers in your head. Yeah. That's you! <laughs> and I liked it when he beat up the cops on the subway. It was pretty that great. Was Great. I, I liked him with the little uh, the little face mask. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of uh, Holly's plague mask that has teeth. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think what Electra never really like regained any of her memory. No, she didn't even need to be in this book, man. No, she just she kind really of was did. there. With right, people. She helped beat up some people. Yeah, and that was about it. Okay, cool. Uh, Matt Murdock was able to regain memory by talking to the ghost of Karen. Right. And the ghost of Karen's actually there and other people... Right. I didn't understand that. Neither do I. (laughs) I, And to be honest, I'm not, you know, current enough uh, on Daredevil to really know that Karen was even dead. But then again, I also have questions about where or if this book is even in continuity. Well, it's a Marvel Knights book, right? Isn't Marvel Knights an imprint independent of main continuity wasn't that how it worked but then some of it gets well i guess continuity is always weird yeah because some of that stuff gets rolled in and some of it doesn't yeah yeah 
So, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But overall, well, I don't think you need to read this book. I don't. I can't think of a reason why. Yeah. It's. I I enjoy the mystery of it uh, for a bit, but then I also realize, you know, the whole erasing memory thing has been done a shit ton. In Marvel itself. Well, it was cool. The mystery was cool and intriguing for a little bit. And then we would switch to a new character. And it was basically the same thing right. with the new character. And then we'd switch to another character. And it was the same thing with another character. It's like, get to it. Yeah. Come on. Like, I just read this, but with Punisher. Right. I just read this, but with Daredevil. Like, oh, now we're on Black Panther. Okay. No, no. <laughs> But he had it, his was a little different because he had all this, the, the box prior. Mm-hmm. Like he was there when this group of heroes took it. Right, right. So. And then there's also that weird thing where, what, the heroes have done this like seven times already? Right. It was like, that, and that's the Matrix. Yeah. You just did the Matrix <laughs> in Marvel. But yeah, overall, it's eh, I think it's, yeah, it, you just. You could skip this one. Yes. Sorry, Donny Cates. You let us down. I still love you. Yes. But in order to maintain a relationship, we have to be open and honest with your <laughs> with your letdown, Donny Cates. <laughs> yeah, it's it's important to have open, frank discussions with the ones that you love. Especially if it's about Frank Castle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> love those frank conversations. <laughs> <coughs> I appreciate you doing better for us uh, after 2018 with different books. And even during 2018. Yeah. I'm reading his Venom run right now. It's it's so good. It's so fucking good. (laughs) I finished up Carnage. Yeah. Before, and it's not him. Now, and then I read the Thor, and now I'm reading his Venom, the first two volumes of Venom. Well, I'm thinking like this being, you know, a 20th anniversary, like, book, it's just... Something to throw out. It's there. a celebratory wank fest, yeah. right? Yeah. But no happy ending. No. <laughs> no. Man, I, I, I need to get caught up on Venom. I'm still waiting for those sales. God damn it. Come on. <laughs> okay. The album was Portal of Eye by Nea Bliviscaris, out on Code 666 Records in 2012. I remember for a while, this was a band's, that basically all the prog power and 70,000 tons mm-hmm. of people, the quote-unquote metalheads, shat themselves over. Yep. Like, they hyped it and loved it. And I, I haven't heard a peep about this band from that one year. Yeah. And it's interesting to me. It's, uh, <laughs> um, it's an album that I think I would have really enjoyed at a certain period of my life. Yeah. And uh, that period has come and gone. <laughs> and my rea- my gut reaction to this album is, okay, is it done? Yeah, is you it done? done? Are we done yet? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was great for being a quote-unquote progressive extreme metal band that every song would do their progressive music stuff and then go to either acoustic or, or not, um, what's the word, clean yeah. Clean clean instruments. 
every single was like, how is that progressive? Yeah. <laughs> it's surprisingly formulaic. Right. For something that's supposed to, you know, break the rules and whatever. It follows the rules of progressive music to a T. Yeah. Per song. It's like, this, this is how it's done. It's a prog song. <laughs> it's not the worst stuff in the world. I saw them during that hype period out of sheer curiosity and also because I wanted to see Winter Sun. And it was pretty good live. Yeah. I enjoyed myself. Um, I liked the clean vocals a good bit. Yeah. It's kind of prog powery. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's fun. But, no. Anyway, like, overall, like, I guess what I really look for in my music these days is just, like, really strong riffs. Mm-hmm. And there aren't really many, like, really strong riffs no, on this it, album. It's almost like their riffs are created to... What's the hell? Almost uh, elicit an atmospheric sound right. instead of focusing on the riff. Right. And then, especially in in the first song and a couple times throughout, there's like a weird noise. I don't know what instrument it is, it, but it's out of rhythm and it's like clunky clunk clunk. But it's clunky. I was going to say, well, you're talking about the violin, but then no. when you say clunky clunk, no, like, go, what? Go listen to the first <laughs> song and listen for like a kind of deeper in the mix clunky clunk clunk sound. <laughs> it, but with less bass. It's like, tick, 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 tick. But it's out of rhythm and doesn't fit, is what I'm I wonder if it's like at. a weird marimba. I don't know what that is. What, when you said that, I thought of a vacuum cleaner robot. <laughs> a marimba? <laughs> it's like the off-brand of a Roomba. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get you a Roomba for Christmas. I got you a marimba. <laughs> oh, I want a robotic now and watch it not clean anything ever. What is it? <laughs> it's not a vacuum robot. It's like a little mallet uh, instrument where you uh, hit the keys. With oh, yeah. I, oh, okay. So or not, like a not xylophone. Dis- yeah, not dissimilar from a xylophone. Yeah. Okay. Could have been. Yeah. It has that kind of sound. Less tinky-tinky. Yeah. But. I think xylophone is more, because of how it's built, it's more tinky-tinky. Yeah, because it has, like, the actual metal. Yeah. I don't know what. I think marim. Is it wooden? I think it's wooden. Okay. Yeah, with, like, tubes. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. Listen to the first song again. You'll hear it. Yeah. Within the first minute. You know, I could also, like, just have my wires completely crossed, and that's not what a marimba is at all. <laughs> and it actually is an off-brand vacuum cleaner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty impressed that this album went on for over a fucking hour. Yeah, and the songs are pretty hard to, you know, distinguish from one another. Right. And for... I think I took a look at the track listing and like only maybe two of the songs were under 10 minutes <laughs> and one of them was nine minutes. <laughs> I was like, you guys really don't have that much material to work. No, like make, if you're going to do it that long, make the songs interesting. Right. Please. Right. Cause... And like part of my issue with, you know, yeah, I get it. it's supposed to be prog and dynamics and you're supposed to have like loud and quiet moments and stuff like that but like the i guess the best example 
I can think of is the first song when when that transitions to its quiet moment. Mm-hmm. It honestly sounded like the song should have ended. Yep. And the quiet moment should have been another thing. Right. By itself. Right. Well, they did that with like track three or four, though. Yeah. It started out quiet. And yeah. Like, oh, okay. Well, I'm done with the album now. <laughs> this is when Cody stops listening. <laughs> this is when it should have ended. I, I will say, like, I, I think towards the end of the album, there were like a couple riffs here and there that I thought were pretty neat. Mm-hmm. But overall impression of the album is it's not for me anymore. Yeah. And like I said, there was a time when like I was super on my butt about really complex progressive shit and I would have maybe loved this album because it has violins. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's just a criteria I had apparently. <laughs> <Need a> violin. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 not my thing anymore. But then again, they do have like a couple more albums after this. Maybe one of them is better. Well, that could be true. That that's been the case with a few bands. However, overall, if it's not going to catch you on the first album, yeah. probably not going to care about the other albums. Most bands build off of that, right? Right. Yeah, most bands like they have their sound. Yes. It's very rare for a band to like do one thing on the first album and then something completely different on the next yeah not everyone is over yeah so (laughs) exactly so i mean if you like you know if violins are in your criteria for good music you might like this yes and if if they ever come to the states and tour they're from australia yeah go see them like it really is worth you're not going to see them often yeah. So fucking get off your couch and go see a band for 20 bucks or whatever. Right. You'll enjoy yourself. Have a couple drinks. Yep. Don't buy their merchandise. And watch <laughs> out for the clunky clunks. Yeah, the clunky clunks. See if they bring clunky clunks. <laughs> Dingus and Dongus. Hey, I'm glad you're not dead.